0: Sometimes it's difficult for us to remember that God has a plan for all of our lives, especially true when it seems like we cannot get traction in the day-to-day routine of our family or our business or in our marriage. It's Simon Says, sometimes take three steps forward and five steps back. Take one step forward and three steps back. You're going backwards and not forwards. It also happens seemingly when you're most faithful, when you have been faithful in giving and in church attendance. It's when the enemy, of course, comes in and will remind you you've been faithful, and yet it appears that God has lost control and doesn't really care. Sometimes it's hard to know the exact plan of God. God, what do you want me to do? How shall I respond? We know that his plan for our lives always has valleys and mountains and ups and down, turns and twists. And sometimes we forget that the circumstances that God may allow is there to give us a test and to guide us and to make us think about the strength of who we are in Christ Jesus. But nothing is ever allowed in our lives without God desiring to ultimately bring to pass his favor You see, we know that God gives us the opportunity every single time, in every decision, in every situation, for two things. It's either fear or it's faith. There is no in-between. It's fear. I don't know if God can. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know that if I can stand up anymore. Faith says I know what I can do. I know who God is. In one way or the other, we're going to make that through. You see, when life's challenges come, we have that opportunity. We have God determining well what degree of favor or success or blessing. And and in that time, we face many many emotions. The story that we talk about tonight in 2 Kings chapter 4 has to deal with a woman who who needed God's favor, and what she was experiencing was no fault of her own. You might say that she was a victim. You might say that she was an individual that was absolutely caught by surprise. In our Christian experience, it's always Satan's goal to destroy us, if he can, to seek, to kill, and what? To destroy. Seek, kill, and what? To destroy. And he has an advantage, always seems to have an advantage, unless we learn to accept and remember this. Just capture this in your mind, the end is God's beginning. Say that with me. The end is God's beginning. The end of the rope is God's beginning. You see, we know that God understands the cry of our heart. And you might say, well, I'm doing pretty well. I don't have any major challenges right now. But let me share with you something that God laid on my heart in preparation of this message. That you can know that the enemy's beginning to mess with you. And it's not like, okay, the check didn't come in the mail. It's not like, okay, I got a bad report at the doctor. It's not like, okay, I had one of my best friends that turned and knifed me in the back. Here's an area that God spoke to my heart about and said, don't forget to say this. You can know the devil's playing with you when you begin to allow things and people to get under your skin. Let me say it again. When you begin to allow things and people to get under your skin. You see, you know that the devil is endeavoring to set you up for a major challenge. If people are beginning to irritate you, people that you work with, people that it's in your family, people that you're engaged in, individuals, of course, or things that ordinarily seem to go pretty well and and all of a sudden you seem to be having problems, getting traffic uh, traction in the path to take you where you need to be. And this is the word of the Lord tonight. Listen, be aware of the enemy. When people get under your skin and things get under your skin, it's a clear signal that something is beginning to happen, and don't let it happen. Say amen. amen. God knows the cry of your heart. We don't often cry unless there's a need to cry. Some people cry because there's great victory. You know, most women cry when the man gets on his knee and looks in her eyes and opens up the little jewelry box and there's a ring there, and he said, So-and-so, I love you so much since the day I laid eyes on you. I want you to know my heart has been moved and I cannot, I cannot stand living life without you. Would you, in fact, marry me? And most women, yes they don't even hesitate. (laughs) You know, put it on your finger. They weep for those wonderful times. How many of you women out there think you weep if it happened to you? Yeah. How many of you wept when it did happen? How many are sorry for weeping? Hello? (laughs) Or something bad happens. Somebody breaks your heart. Somebody just really breaks your heart. One of your kids slaps you upside of the face because they thought, hey, you, you never gave them a break. Or someone that you know, love, and trusted dis- disappointed you tremendously, and, and you think that brings tears to your eyes. Here's the story about this lady, 2 Kings 4 1, the wife of a man, okay? She had no standing, she had no position other than, there it is, the wife of a man. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets, cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. My man loved God. My man prayed. My man fasted. My man sacrificed a lot of family time to be engaged in doing what you wanted to do, Elisha. My man was a faithful father, a faithful husband. He revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys. The only thing that I have left from my man are my two boys, and the creditors are coming to take them as slaves. Legitimate right to be upset. Legitimate right to be able to say to God, I'm not holding back. Legitimate right to be able to say, I think I've been ripped off. A legitimate right to believe, hey, I don't, I don't deserve it. I'm just a woman married to a man. And this happens. You see, in that day, in that day, the man of the family represented security and stability. A woman without a man had no authority and no way to make ends meet. And she knew that. In today's world, I talked to you a moment ago about the man getting on his knees and saying, will you marry? You know what the latest trend is? Women getting on their knees and saying, would you marry me? And he gets to do the crying. I want that to settle in with you. I want you to understand her position. I want you to see that. If I could put in words tonight the the challenges that are happening in our country, if I could put into words the, the warfare, spiritual warfare, demonic warfare that's taking place in the hallways of government today, and in the high places of authority, that it's bone to bone, flesh to flesh, If I could tell you that the church will not move and engage until it has to, but the devil will engage any time to threaten us, if I could create that picture and create an alarm in you, it would not touch the brokenness of this woman when she's crying out to the prophets. She's against that wall. We know she's experienced every emotion that she can. She is desperate to the only man that she knows. Elisha, she's not spent any time with him at all. She just knows, hey, that's the designated leader. My husband died early. He gave me two sons, and then we expected to live a long life. And he died an early death. He cheated me, left me alone. I have no one to be able to depend upon. And he left me with a heavy debt. And where did that debt come from? He's out chasing after the prophets and doing the will of the prophets, and debt is creeping up for our family to survive. And I want you to know that that's not a debt that I incurred, but it is a debt according to the law that my sons have to pay. So I'm going to settle it. I'm upset. The creditors are knocking at the door every single day. I've got two boys that I have to feed, and now I receive the final notice that they're about to be taken out of my arms and put to work as slaves for the debt that is paid, a debt that should not be ours to pay because my husband was following after the ministry." Would you agree or disagree? Life is not fair. Do you agree? How many agree that it's unfair? Life is not fair. If you put your trust in life, let me tell you what that's like. It's here today and gone tomorrow. It's like a puff. So if you put your trust in life, you put your trust in that you're going to be able to go to work tomorrow. You put your trust in you're going to have good health next week. If you put your trust in your marriage, if you put your trust in your children, if you put your trust in a little bit of money that you've got in the bank, my friend, that can evaporate today. Just like that. Just as quickly as one guy said, why, I heard a loud noise. I looked around, and the next thing I know, the house was off the roof. It was gone. That quick. Where does that leave you? Some of you, I admit, have been ripped off, and it seems like They say, wow, some of you have got the raw hand of the deal. Some of you believe, hey, if there's a short end of the stick, I'm going to get it. And God will say, since that's how you believe, you're right. You're the one that's going to get it, you know. And this woman in that kind of trouble, the desperation that was there. Booker T. Washington said that favor is to be measured not so much by a position, that one has reached in life, but by the obstacles he's been able to overcome while trying to gain favor. So it's not I've attained this position, it's how many times have you been hit and you got up again? How many times have you received the bad news and you got up again? How many times have you been cut and sliced by someone else's tongue and you got up again and you still smiled at them and shook their hand it's how many times did you get up since you didn't get the pay raise? How many times did you still got up after you heard, "Wow, I got this problem at the house, my car's not running right. The wheels are about to fall off, and now I've got, an, I've got an insurance payment coming, and you still, some way or another, somebody say, "Oh God, you get up and go again." So what's the option? Die. And let me say this to you, more teenagers today in their young life have come to that conclusion that it's better to die than to deal with life. But that is not the answer. You see, Proverbs 13:12, God knew about that when he said, hope deferred makes the heart what sick god i need you to move here now i need you to give me a clear picture i need you to give me a clear vision i need you to show up or i'm gonna throw up i need i need deferred hope makes the heart sick Oh, you want to sing, Look What the Lord Has Done. Not if you don't have any hope. Your song is, Look How the Lord Has Failed. Look How the Lord Has Abandoned. Look How the Lord Forgot. Hope that is deferred makes the heart sick. It doesn't stop there. We feel trapped. We feel trapped. Psalm 73, 2, David cried out, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. Almost down the side of the mountain, I had nearly lost my foothold. Holding on to the very end, almost lost my foothold. But he says, hey, but it's for me, my feet had almost slipped. But as far as we can in our own strength, then it says, then God is able to move in our behalf. Amen? He's ready to reach. The greatest testimony is a person whose feet almost slipped and they almost went down the mountain. But somewhere along the line, the righteous hand of a loving God reached way down and said, oh, no, that's not going to happen. Now give your testimony. Oh, I've changed it from look how the Lord abandoned. I said I got a new song. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. Do you believe that he is able? Listen, I'm on a war path, my friend. I've watched too many of my people, I'm talking about my church, too many of my people face the fist of the enemy with a good right hook. I've seen righteous people, people that committed, people that have been faithful, has been getting the raw end of the deal. And I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus Christ, it starts in my heart as pastor. I am sick and tired of it. Amen. I'm going to preach you into the victory and declare to you that your end is not here. It's God's beginning. Someone. Somebody help me preach tonight. It's important that you stand on that word. Faith is in the house. Say that with me. Faith is in the house. In the house, Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? What do you have left? After all your crying and after all your complaining and after all your murmuring and after all your disappointment, and after all, changing a good song to fit your, your situation, tell me what you have in the house. I don't want you to miss this. You are not broke. You are not in despair. You don't, hey, you have yet to reach the bottom of the barrel. Are you listening You have yet to reach the bottom of the barrel because something is still there that you have overlooked. Now you begin to ask yourself, what is it? He said, what is it? Your servant has nothing there at all. Nothing. Except. What did you say? Except. What? What do you mean, except? You have nothing there at all except, well, a little oil. But what is a little oil? Nothing in your hand. But in his hand, it's a gusher. Hallelujah. Somebody come on and help me preach. It's a gusher. When you believe that. How many have ever been where I'm at right now preaching? Come on, you've been there. You say, I've been at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Come on, help me out, friend. Raise your hand. Some of you are not moving. You need to get your hand up. I've been to the bottom of that barrel, and I was in despair. It's all right to admit it, but hallelujah. And accept came along the way, and God sent something in the way of a miracle. He said, a little bottle of oil that's there. Many times in desperation we may not see what's available. Elisha said, Well, what shall I do for you? He says in the King James, What shall I do for thee? Well we're gonna be we're gonna be modern. What do you need, woman? Or thereabout. What do you have in your house? A little bit of oil. What's the principle here? See, if everything else fails, here's what he says. I don't want to make this too spiritual. But if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. Are you listening? And everybody, everybody, the Bible says, has a measure of faith. He said, so you have a measure of faith. And if you take just a little part of the measure of faith, just the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, Mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. You see, the devil would try to encumber you with a lack of material things, try to encumber you with upset emotion, try to encumber you with people getting under your skin, try to encumber you with doubt, try to encumber you with fear. But God steps to the plate. He said, oh no, you don't forget what I told you that a measure just the size of a mustard seed, you can't move a mountain now. What do you have after all your crying and crying scratching the bottom of the barrel. What is it you have in the house? Go look again. Sharon tells me that all the time. Go look in the fridge again. Ain't there. Yeah, it is. Well, then I'll tell you what. Why don't you go get it? Nope. It's in there. And then I have to use my authority. Woman, you better... You better get over to that refrigerator. Did you hear me? I'm not listening. Why does God have to say that to us to get us to come back to ground zero and said, I've always got a little something? Amen? Amen? You ever had to go find change? Amen? Go down to Walmart. Go down to the parking lot. You can find change. It's there. You're found straight together. Here it is. Here's what it is. In the situation when Moses. You see, God, in that wants to reveal his glory. He wants to confound your enemy. He wants to build your faith. It's the same thing as Moses. Moses, go deliver my people. Well, how in the world are the unbelieving going to believe me, God? Let's have a little talk here. How is it? I mean, take a look. The cupboard is empty. The bank account is dry. Take a look. I don't have anything else. How are the unbelieving going to believe me? He said, what's that in your hand? Except, what is that except? What is that except in your hand? He said, it's a rod. Well, It's a multi-purpose rod. Amen? Amen? It's a rod if I say it's a rod. But if I say it's a snake, then it's a snake. Throw it down. Throw it down. Okay, there you go. Whoa. Look at that. You see, pick it up again. Okay, he says to one of his servants, you go over there and pick it up, okay? No, Moses had to pick it up. And when he picked it up, it became the rod again. What was the purpose? It says, this is the Lord, so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. So when God takes the little bit of oil, when God takes the last cancer treatment, and you go through the vomiting and the upset and the dizziness and the nauseousness. Are you with me? Amen. And God said, Don't you dare believe that there's still not something there to give you the miracle. I hope you're listening. Some of you are going to get divinely delivered of unbelief in the name of Jesus Christ. Some of you are going to run out and find a Goliath tonight before you go to bed, and you're going to say, I came in the name of Almighty God because I found out that I have something. Thing in my possession that God is about to use. To Elisha's servant, it was a small cloud. To the widow of Zarephath, a handful of meal. To David, is a simple sling. To Peter, it was such as he had. To the desperate widow, it was just that little pot of oil. in your possession is something that God has to give you. You see, be careful of this, that in conflict... I want to talk to you about conflict, conflict between you and the devil, conflict between you and another person, conflict in your marriage. Listen to me carefully. If the devil can draw you into conflict, you lose. If two people are in a relationship and they're in conflict, until they both lay down their finger pointing to someone else and stop using a personal pronoun and decide to say, we have something in this relationship that God desires to use. And both people began to look to find out what that is in their home, in their relationship. Until they do, they won't find it. They'll just fight and fuss. But when they stop, hallelujah, and begin to look around for the good things, for the good character, for the good words, for the good memories that they have, they start realizing there is a miracle in the house. And when you say I'm going to take the devil on in conflict, you will lose. You say, devil, you're not drawing me in. I'm bowing out of that ring. Jesus Christ son of the living God blood over me you get in that ring and let the battle not be mine but God is yours you deal with them in the name of Jesus you're patty caking you're half clapping it's the way that works you say well you're the preacher you never have a problem look at me I am a problem I am. I want you to understand that it's not Benny Hen. is not traveling to Tulsa. It's not, will not do any good, Earl's not there. But right here in your house, right in your yard, right in your house, Right here in you is something that God has birthed and said, find that. What do you have? Nothing much. Just a little bit of oil. Well, here's what I want you to do. How many of you know that God supplies more than enough? amen? He supplies more than enough. He does. He supplies more than enough. 2 Kings 4, 6, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But the boy replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Elisha instructed the woman to get all the vessels that she could close the door and start pouring, get this now, out of the original pot. Why? Because God is saying, I want to take you back to your point of need. I don't want you to begin to pour out of the overflow. I want to take you back when the devil smacked you in the face. I want to take you back when he left you for somebody else. I want to take you back to where the roof went off. I want to take you back to where the heater, I want to take you back where the fire, I want to take you back to the accident. I want to take you back to the first report that you got that you had cancer. I want to take you back there. Now there's a new you from what you were when that first happened. And I want you to go back there and I want you to pour oil out of that pot. Elisha instructed her to get those vessels She had invested in what she had. She had filled every vessel that she could. Still, she had oil left. And the Scripture said, and here's what happened, and the oil stayed. When the boys said no more vessels, the oil stopped. When she began to pour out of the original vessel, she couldn't pour. Have you ever had one of these little tea things? You buy a cheap one of those. I don't know where you get them. They're little, little plastic or glass deals. They got the little faucet thing on them. How many's ever seen one? How many has one? Let me just tell you. If you don't think it's upsetting, you buy that thing you saw. So it's bought it on sale for twelve ninety nine. Holds two gallons of tea, two gallons, and you turn the little rigged thing there, and then you go to turn it off, and it doesn't want. It doesn't want to turn off. Hello. You turn it over here and it doesn't want to turn off. You know why? It's got plastic bearings in there that's not worth two cents from Korea. It's their way of getting even often with us. And you turn it back and it just continues to leak. Hello? You get the cup. so I can't get the crazy thing turned off. That's when you turn. Mama, come here. Something's wrong here, woman. Come take care of this right here. I don't know what I did. I'll tell you what you did. You're not supposed to turn it like a faucet all the way around. You turn it about this far, then cut it off, and you can't shut it off. And now sometimes that's the way that we feel that the enemy does in our lives it won't stop. It keeps on. But here's what I know. When she poured out of the original vessel, the oil stayed. It speaks of the generosity of God. God has always supplied more than enough. And I love any verse out of Malachi. How many of you know that? Malachi 3.10 Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I know we're talking about the giving there, but I'm talking about acts of obedience. So I'm going to say to some of you tonight, there's one battle that you've been fighting and it's the greatest battle in your family and in your life. And you've been fighting and fighting. And you get weary and you walk away and you kind of throw your hands up in the air and you know it's still there. It's still just clawing at you. I'm here to tell you tonight, in the name of Jesus, you can go to that thing with the amount of faith that you have and say, once and for all, I rebuke you, devil. I have the victory over this thing. I'm going to declare it by the authority of Jesus Christ. I've got enough oil to Bury you. I've got enough faith to believe that that which I thought could not happen is going to happen. Somebody say amen. Abundance is typical for the God that I serve. They fished all night and got, got plenty when they threw the nets out again. Job's crisis was there. The marriage feast more than what they needed. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That desperate woman went from a woman that said, I don't have anything. I've looked everywhere except a little bit of oil. And she said, oh, look what the Lord has done. The boys gathered up all the vessels. Jehovah God, I'm so glad my husband chafed after the prophets. I'm so glad my husband was faithful. I'm so glad that my husband was a man of God. I'm so glad that my husband was obedient. I never thought I'd get the rewards from all of that obedience. I can't get rid of the oil I'll have it for the rest of my life so her situation I don't have anything turn you know what I got enough to bless my neighbors I got enough to put my boys a trust account together for my grandkids I got enough that I might go down and buy me a new turban. How? You know the devil is after you when things like that happen to the degree if something begins to get under your skin or someone Prepare yourself and say to the enemy, you're not going to tag me in Jesus' name. And the worship team is already behind me, ready to sing. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me? Do we believe that? So listen, I, 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 I just desperately want... Are you there yet? (laughs) Some of you deserve a dynamic touch of God. Not because you've earned it, but you have been faithful. You have been faithful. And the overflow of God's anointing is not going to go to somebody else's house tonight. It's going to knock on your door. It's not going to be, i will always come up short. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is saying, if you'll just begin to pay half attention, if you'll quit dancing around obedience, If you'll dive in and get immersed, not sprinkled, I'll show you things that I've been waiting to give you that not only will benefit you, but will benefit your children. And if you don't do it, their future will be strangled because you didn't know how to manage circumstances now. Our God is able I said, He's able. He's able. Are you? Are you? Are you willing? God, here I am. I'm going to start looking. I know there's something that we have that I have. It's somewhere. I got an old raggedy chair in my office. It's a recliner. It's of the devil. It steals my keys. I only have one. And it's always found in two places. It's either in a door that I was rushing through so quickly that I put it in the door and turned it and walked in and didn't take time to pull the key out, and it's still there, where it's in that chair. And I have turned that chair upside down. I have slammed it on the floor. I have pulled everything out of it. And many times the key dropped. And then sometimes I've come to the conclusion It ain't there. It's not here. Then where is it? I don't sit down and call Dan. Dan, I've lost my key. I don't want him to know it. <laughs> he has a birthday this week, by the way. I don't tell Renee, Renee. I've lost my key. Do you know why? I have too much pride. I'm gonna find it. And every time I do, I'm telling you, it's in the house. I'm looking at some of you because I remember some of the challenges that you've gone through. Some of you, I know more about you than you know that I know and love you but I watched some of you that I admire go through rough 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 places and over a period of time God gives you victory and gives you blessing and gives you anointing you need that touch you claim that promise bring what you have Elijah said bring it here so we're about to sing that song aren't we and if you feel led of the Holy Spirit you come on down we'll anoint you with oil pray the prayer of faith and we will believe God will answer prayer I wait on you Do you come friend friend, you just come on down. He Come out of your <laughs>
1: sunshine.
0: change songs I just want you to know my heart is not released because some of you are being disobedient and for whatever reason that disobedience is it may be the key to unlocking a flood of miracles so I just want you to be careful to know if you have permission to stay in that seat as opposed to releasing and letting God come into your heart and meeting your need. I will wait. Sing this song, You Come as God directs. Here we go. Worship with us, everybody. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Prince of Prince. Prince. Prince of Peace. and In the presence. In the presence.
0: Amen. You have to raise your hands and worship with us. Let's build a wall of prayer up here, friend.
2: The presence. Oh, he was there all the time. Next. Of Jehovah. Of Jehovah. God Almighty. God Almighty. Peace,
0: done when? you're ready you're ready
1: to fly oh, was there. Oh.
0: Wednesday night is a prayer time is a prayer time is a prayer time. Is a prayer time. Is a prayer time. When my people pray, the ones that are called by my name will pray. Praying for physical needs, specifically praying for financial. I wanna see a flood of financial favor in the lives of some of you. Who have been faithful with little. You have been faithful with little, and God is going to give you much. I want you to think about it. I hope you're here. God has answered our prayer. Can you say, Amen? Don't you know He's real? Don't you know He's real? Don't you know He's real? He's powerful, and He's in the house. Amen. I said he's in the house. He's in the house. Would you shake hands with somebody? You shake hands with somebody that you maybe like a little bit. Let them know you love them. And I'll see you Wednesday. Here we go.
1: Look what the Lord
2: has done.
1: Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time Oh, I'm gonna praise His name He stays just